And uh, now I'm going to go ahead and get this party started on, on Vision Sunday. This is something that we do once a year. It's an annual thing. This is the, the third year that we've done it. This is my uh, third year as lead pastor of Shore Christian Church. Can you believe it? Third full year. And, and I remember the, the first time we did Vision Sunday, we had a 10 o'clock service. Last year when we did Vision Sunday, we had a 9.30 and 11 o'clock service. And this year we're doing Vision Sunday and we got three services, baby. I think we're going in, we're trending in the right direction. And uh, I'm excited to, to share all of the amazing stories that uh, have taken place at our church this past year. And uh, I'm going to start off by uh, reading the, uh, the last words of Jesus as he is commissioning his church, commissioning his people. And uh, this is the, the vision that has never changed from this day, and it shall never change. It's uh, read in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, where Jesus had told them to go. Jesus has uh, now resurrected, and, and he's been uh, uh, on the earth for, for a certain period of time, and revealing himself to, to people, and, and now he's getting ready to ascend into heaven. And he told all of his people, all of his disciples, meet me at Galilee. And when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Isn't it crazy that there's always going to be people that could doubt a miracle? There are always going to be people that doubt what has taken place in your life, the miracle that's taken place in, their, in your life. They, they're looking at the resurrected Jesus, and yet still some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said this, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. That's a, that's a seemingly impossible task. Go into all the nations and make disciples of them. Jesus is asking his disciples to do more than he's ever done. Jesus' ministry was relatively small, and now he's asking uh, these normal, rough 11 disciples to do what he's never done. But the last sentence is the key. But I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And then First Peter, this is uh, one of his disciples, Peter, wrote this uh, portion of the New Testament. And uh, I'm going to go to chapter 2, verse 4, and it talks about us. It talks about who we are. It says, as you come to Him, as you come to Christ, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are building a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then my final scripture for this morning is uh, found in the book of Habakkuk. Did anybody know that there's a, a book called Habakkuk in the Bible? Anybody read Habakkuk this morning? Not the most popular book in the Bible, but there's a scripture in this that I believe will speak powerfully to us all this morning. Uh, chapter 2, verse 2. It says, write down the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the vision awaits for an appointed time. It speaks of the end. And it will not be proven false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come. And it will not delay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. Pray, Lord, that you will help me articulate what you want 
your people to hear this morning, Lord God. Give me the words, Father God, and I pray that you will open up the hearts of everyone listening so they could discover their part to play in your beautiful masterpiece that you were painting. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, today we are, are celebrating, it, it has almost been four years since we've been in the House of Independence. We've been here since May of uh, uh, 2016, and it's a day of, of, of celebration, and it's a day of preparation, uh, because everybody has a story. That is the, what's so beautiful about our churches. Every single person has such a powerful and unique story. And your story is part of a bigger story, though. Uh, any, uh, anyone excited that Star Wars is coming out with their last episode on December the 20th? Any Star Wars fans out there? What, what's your favorite Star Wars episode? Just, just say it out loud. Which, which one was it? Mine is Empire Strikes Back. Any Empire Strikes Back fans out there? Any Return of the Jedi fans out there? Any Force Awakens fans out there? Okay, so, so the Force Awakens, and, and if I'm not speaking your language, you know, God bless you. Um, you know, go see it anyway, because Star Wars is awesome. Um, I'm not one of those Star Wars freaks that, that dresses up like Star Wars people, but I'm like a closet Star Wars freak, where when I'm home and nobody's watching, I may do those things, you know. Uh, and so it, it was, uh, I think it was two years ago when my kids saw the first ever Star Wars episode for them. And it was Star Wars The Force Awakens. And, and it was, uh, uh, the, since Disney bought it, now they're, they're redoing, they're doing episode seven. And uh, my kids were, were just in awe of it. But they had so many questions. They loved it. They loved to see, uh, 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 what's it, Kylo Ren is like the new kind of like Sith Lord, the evil guy. But, but then Han Solo is his father. And, and they couldn't understand the dynamic, the, the backstory of, 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 of why he was going to the dark side. And, and who is Darth Vader? Was he always evil? And I was trying to tell my kids, like, this is an amazing thing, but you have to know the whole story. Like, like Darth Vader was once good. He was Anakin Skywalker. He was supposed to bring balance to the Force. But then the dark side turned him. And, and Obi-Wan Kenobi was was his apprentice, and, and he was training him well, but then they fought, and he cut off his arm, and threw him in hot lava, and then he turned into Dark Vader, and then when Dark Vader came, then Luke Skywalker had a sister, her name was Princess Leia, but he didn't know that it was his sister, because they were separated at birth, because they didn't want Dark Vader to find them at birth, and, and, and then all of a sudden, Luke became a Jedi, and he cut off Dark Vader's arm, but then he threw him into the pit, and then all of a sudden, this is where we are in the story, kids. And, and they were as confused as you are right now. And I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go episode by episode during this Christmas. We did this, 2015. And we watched every single Star Wars episode. And my kids were like, oh my God, Dad. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, is what they said. We don't say, oh my God, in our house. Except Mommy. She says it sometimes and gets corrected by Lily. But that's not important, not part of the sermon. Uh, but but they, they were like, this is amazing. I'm like, yes. It's such a big picture. I mean, the, the one episode is good. But when you put it in context of the whole picture, suddenly Star Wars becomes epic. And it's the same case with, with all of us. That your story is so powerful. Your story is, it, it, it's so life-changing. But it pales in comparison to the vision and the mission and the story that God has been telling ever since the beginning of time. What we are, we are building material. We are a living stone. We are great with our story, but our story has limits. 
And I want to kind of share with you a little bit about uh, our story, just, just a little bit. Um, it, it's been, as I said, about three and a half years since we've been here at the House of Independence. And, and when we came here, this, this came right on the, on the heels of when my father went up to heaven. And right before we came up here, uh, we were meeting uh, right across the street at the VFW. We had about 75 to, to 80 people. I actually found a picture of it uh, the other day as I was going through my Facebook uh, um, pictures. There's me preaching at the VFW. Uh, there's me unloading the truck before church on Sunday morning right there. Uh, I, I mean, this is part of the story uh, where, where we were a, a small church, and, and, and Pastor Isaac, we, we, I'd unload the truck, I'd, I'd greet people at the door, and then I'd, I'd preach the sermon some Sundays. And, and this is kind of where we were at. And, and, and since then, you've all come. Who, who's been a part of this church since we've been at the House of Independence? Just, just raise your hand up. Amazing. Amazing to see that pr- probably about 75% of our church uh, has ha- experienced their first worship service here at the House of Independence. And it's amazing. And we celebrate those stories. And uh, what we want to do now, we just want to share a quick video with you guys that, that articulates some of these stories of people and their lives that have been changed and impacted by this church and by this ministry in the last few years. If we could go ahead and roll that video. I thought it was important for me, this being the, the first year, to, to cast the vision that God has put on my heart. This is real simple. This is what our vision is. To see you find your purpose, ignite passion within you, and unleash potential. Shore Christian Church exists to bring those who are far from God into a deep relationship with Christ. That, that will never change. We will always exist. This church will always exist to find people who are far from God and use whether it's the music or the preaching and God's word to bring them into a relationship with Christ Jesus because there's so many people out there that have lost their hope. They have put their hope in the wrong things. They have put their hope in people, in money, in fame, in notoriety, in in being accepted, and they are so empty and lost. But we have found that there is only one hope that will secure you. The Bible says that we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. And, and this anchor is important to our church. It says, go ye into all the world. That's, that's where. Go to everybody. That's who. Preach the gospel. That's what. But it never says how. Because it's different for every generation. Because the kingdom of kingdom is up and down. But you will never lose a dime that you invest in the kingdom of God. When you invest your time and your resources in people, in the kingdom of God, in reaching people, for those are eternal investments. I want to make an eternal investment. I want to make an eternal mark in this. I, I, see, I'm not going in. This is, this is where God has called me. And I pray that when I go up to heaven, that I could leave an eternal mark on this world. That this world will be a better place after I go to heaven because of what God has been able to do through me, through my faith in Him. My one of my brothers, uh, Kyle, he, is, you know, he, got, he introduced me to the church. The young adults group started, and from that point I realized a lot of people, a lot of young people my age were gathering at this one place that I really enjoy coming to. Serve 24 is probably one of the most impactful that I've experienced. It was not only just because we just served for 24 hours a day. I think the cool thing about a day like that is it inspires us to live a life like that. 
you know, the first time I was a part of it, you know, we spent literally all day just serving the city of Asbury. I mean, a lot of times we allow life to get in the way, and I, I think one thing that Shore does is reignite the fire of serving others, like that's it. That when you think about how much God loves us and the fact that we can share that love with people, you, it's humbling because you're you actually get to be a part of his story. In the middle of a rebuilding process with the youth, and God has been showing up in the youth group in a, in a pretty crazy way. You know, these kids have been opening up, up to us for just things that they're going through, and they're op- so open to being prayed for. So to me, that was a very, like, encouraging thing to happen for us, and also just a uh, sign of things to come up we're believing for and expecting. I had heard about Shore Christian Church mostly through the Dream Center and all the great work we did through the community. One of the big things is the diversity in the church that we like, and it kind of truly reflects our community here in Asbury. All the different parts of the community that come to the church and how welcoming the church is in every way. The pastor brings his sermons, and I feel as though he's preaching to me every week. He really connects with me. And unlike an experience that I've ever had before, he's brought me closer to Christ, wanting to learn the Word more, understanding the Word better, and just getting a clearer understanding of my faith. I have found a deeper relationship with God since attending Shore Christian Church, and it has to do with the whole experience there. The praise music in the beginning is really impactful when you hear people singing and praising and thanking God but also lifting their hands to the Lord it's like this whole experience of mind and body and soul that whole experience of the the body of the church together doing that is powerful and I've been going there for three years and for three years every single service I have to admit I get teared up because it is a very powerful um, sense of God's spirit in the church. When Isaac and Diamond, they talk about their experiences through their life, I think is a very moving and raw, real experience to hear. I, quite frankly, I like to hear about those things because it's nice to actually hear people's struggles and how far they've come in their own relationship with one another, their relationship with God. I would say for me, that is hearing those stories and living those experiences with them, through them, has uh, made a big impact. Shore Christian Church has really shown me what it's like to have community and family. And because of that, I've learned a whole new meaning for family. Oliver's father and I have been going through some things, and I received a letter about um, you know, him wanting custody and... I just thought like everything was over. I just wanted a family so bad. I, I wanted a family and I just wanted it to be like me, his father, and Oliver. And I was just so heartbroken. The moment that I I just like fell to my knees in tears, I just, God gave me this beautiful vision of him wrapping his arms around Oliver and I. And it was like, it was almost like it was like a bubble. And in that moment, I just saw how much God loved my son and how much he just was going to protect him. And and to know that God loved my son more than I could ever love my son just, just blew my mind. So from that moment on, I just, 
I, I went in, I went to the church, I went and Share Christian Church was the first church that I went to and it, it like felt like home. It was literally two weeks after that had happened and I was invited there and that was it. Like I got connected right away. I just I met so many beautiful people and I now understand why what I thought was being torn apart actually just brought more family into my life, that God has given me family all around me this whole time, but I couldn't see because I was so worried about a family that I wanted to make happen because I thought that's how it was supposed to be. I came from a broken family. I didn't want Oliver to come from a broken family, and so I tried so hard to make something that wasn't supposed to be, and God just opened my eyes to see the beauty in all of his creation and all the things that he was putting together for my family. and. The family that has that I have built here at Shore Christian Church as well. My name is Rob Servi. I grew up in Hazlitt, New Jersey. Uh, my name is Kevin. I grew up in Monmouth County. Hi, my name is Joe, and I grew up in Union County. Looking back now, in hindsight, I can, I can see that addictions or alcoholism started way earlier than me ever having a drink or a drug. Growing up, both my parents were addicts. I was born a heroin baby. My mom was bipolar. She would not be home for three days or she would be home for three days in her bed not caring. My dad was always out working. I had to defend for myself at three, four until my sister came home from school. And eventually my mom left at seven, abandoned the family. I have yet to see her. The biggest thing I would say is when I was 10, my dad passed. I was the only one home. Uh, I woke up to him on the floor. Uh, she gave me PTSD for the next three to four years. I would have the same dream every night. And that's when everything started changing. They do say it's like you have a God-shaped hole and you try to stuff that with anything you can stuff it with. And I stuffed it with lots of drugs and lots of alcohol over the years. And uh, for a while it worked. I discovered drugs and alcohol at the age of 12. I was always looking for that sense of that, that I belong here and feeling of being wanted. Everything started to fall apart when I had discovered heroin at the age of 19. I didn't know who I was. I was broken in every way possible. I didn't know if anyone loved me. I didn't know if anyone cared. I started going to harder drugs to feel nothing. I want to feel nothing and I want to not be alive. I was suicidal at the age of 14 going on till now. I needed heroin to get through every day. You know, my life had been waking up, figuring out how to manipulate to get money, figuring out how to get the drugs, getting through the rest of the day and doing it all over again the next day. And then I overdosed. I, I, th I think I was gone for at least 10 minutes. The next day, I just wanted to stuff that hole again and use again. I chose to go homeless because I didn't want anybody in my life. From 18, I lived into a tent until I was 20. I had multiple ODs. Last OD where I was, my heart stopped for multiple minutes before the ER arrived. I tried killing myself three times that week. Ended up homeless and miserable in the cold of winter. In February 2016, I ended up at the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission. I needed a place to stay for the night. After a few more times of trying to stay sober and get sober, I had found the Marcus Street Mission. I had relapsed and had to experience a new rock bottom. Living on a bench outside of the Rockaway Mall in the freezing cold and in the snow with nothing to eat, no money, and no one wanted anything to do with me, and I don't blame them for that. I moved down here to go to rehab, and 
when I went to rehab, nothing changed. And once I got out of rehab, I continued to use for a couple weeks until I realized that I'm going to die. And that was my biggest breaking point, that I was going to die. And maybe there was that little bit of will I had left in me that I could survive and make something with my life. I knew I had a serious problem, but I didn't know how to fix it. And, but there was this little fire growing in me. I reached out to people, and I started making small connections that would turn everything around. Luckily, the Marcus Free Mission does offer a relapse prevention program. I went to a detox. I hit my knees when I was in the hospital, and I asked God to just please take me out of this life or, or show me the way. And within five minutes of that prayer, one of the counselors came into my room and he was like, Kevin, I have a bed for you at the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission if you want to take it. So I couldn't deny what God was putting right in front of my face. Came to the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission. I started going to church again and I met, I was able to get the opportunity to move into this house. I reached out to Rob and I was like, I need, uh, I need something that really changed my life. I need another opportunity and what I have. He introduced me to the Jersey Shore Dream Center and then I found out about this house. So one night, it was like 3 a.m., I finally broke, and I had all this resentment against God. What he did to me in my childhood, I felt at that time, was on purpose. I, had, I hated him for that. I surrendered myself completely. Through that three months ago, I feel like a completely different person. And that's when my life really started to change. But like the things I'm doing in my life now, and the way I live, the people that I surround myself with and care about me, I, I just never thought it was possible. I finally found like a home. Now I feel like I have a real family in my life and I can let these people into my life and I can be vulnerable around them. I can't believe where I really am, where I am right now, because I finally surrendered because of this house. God has put me on a path for amazing things to happen, and now I get to see it in other people. I mean, school's being a medical assistant. You know, I'm a little older. I'm definitely older than everyone in my class. I, I've been really called to go work in the medical industry, probably in like a psych ward, helping those in the same position I was in once. By the grace of God, I got accepted to Fairleigh Dickinson University, and I started in January for uh, industrial and organizational psychology to get my bachelor's and my master's in five years. This tattoo was for my father. When I was younger, he would teach me about cars. It really put an impact on my life, like this is what I want to do with my life. Since then, I had just multiple dreams, multiple passions about working on cars, just pretty much being a mechanic. And I never thought I would be able to even come close to that goal. I never finished high school. I took my GED test on September 15th. I can go to school in January. At Brookdale, I would actually go to college, which I never thought in a million years I'd be going. So I have goals, I have dreams, things I can do. Like I'm playing guitar, I never thought that would happen. And all these small things add up to just one large person that I'm still figuring out who I am, but now I have pieces to put together. I would like to just thank the Jersey Shore Dream Center and Pastor Isaac. It not only changed my life, but it's changed the life of my family and my friends. You know, I've got to see other men come into this house and leave and start families. I never thought this life was possible. My mom did her best. She hustled and worked as hard as she could. I am very appreciative and grateful of her for that. I'm not going to cry. I, uh, I just wanted to tell Pastor Isaac, like, thank you for all of this and the Dream Center because I never thought my life could be so good. And I never thought I could stay sober this long 
and actually be this happy. I will continue to just rep for the kingdom and for the Dream Center and for Christian Church. I just want to thank the Jersey Shore Dream Center and Pastor Isaac for giving me a second chance at life, something I never thought anyone would ever give me. And you gave me this opportunity. You changed my entire life. And I can't thank you enough. And I love you all for it. Spiritual house, brick by brick, one at a time. Because every one of you has a story. Every one of you has an incredible uh, story that has been transformed by the grace of God. And you are a living stone. You are building material. And those are just a few of the stories of lives that have been changed through this church and through the Dream Center these past three and a half years, and it's been amazing to to be a part of it, and uh, I'm going to just show you guys a a few numbers, and someone says, why are you showing numbers? Because every number has a story, and and when when I show you our attendance, and we're going to throw it up right behind you to, to see how this church has grown this past year, every single one of those numbers that has increased. Attached to that is a story just like one of the stories that you heard. That our church is making a difference. You are making a difference. This church now, we, we have uh, three services. Our, our theme was to make room for more. And we've, we've done that. And now we have an opportunity to bring hope to so many more people who are out there on the streets and are just like uh, Joe and, and Linda. And, 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 and you can see the diversity even in the stories of people that... Uh, battled drugs, but also battled depression, battled just a a life of complacency. This church isn't just for uh, one type of people. There is diverse stories in this church of of people who were millionaires and yet felt like nothing, but then they found the grace of God and they found the real reason for church and they were transformed here in this place. And and it's it's such an honor to be able to be a part of that. Uh, I wanted to also let you know, and this is pretty cool, uh, the last three years we have baptized 161 people at Shore Christian Church. Give yourselves a, a big round of applause. That is amazing. Those are our, our, we, don't, we don't just build our bricks, but, but we wash them, too. Uh, but we, we, we invite them. In, just like Je- I love Jesus. Jesus, he brings you in dirty. He doesn't care. He brings you in dirty and broken because we all have been that way. We all were that way. And then he cleans us. So come on into this church dirty and broken, and then the grace of God will clean you. And, and we've seen 161 people baptized uh, right, right now we have, I, I think, the number of life changers every Sunday morning, uh, 141 life changers. I, I love seeing the, 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 those guys wearing those shirts. Of, they went from, I guess you could say, like life wreckers to life changers. And God can do the same thing for you. And, and this church is made up of, of just uh, selfless volunteers that set up every single morning, that greet people at the door, that are at the parking lot, that are in the children's ministry. And, and this church could not be able to run without our, our life changers. And, and we have seen such a, an incredible increase in the generosity in this church. Last year, uh, we uh, launched our Vision 2020 campaign. Uh, that we're going to have our, our own building very soon. Who's, who's excited to have our own building? And it's, it's going to come. And, and your, your generosity, we, we have uh, right now through the Vision 2020 building campaign, uh, we have raised 
$220,000 through our Vision 2020 building campaign. That's incredible to see. And, and this is people like $25, $50, $100, doing it consistently week after week after week to say, God, I, I'm investing in your kingdom. You'll never lose a dollar when you invest in, your, in God's kingdom because you're investing in change lives. You hear those stories. That is because of your faithfulness, your generosity, and there are so many more people out there that need to be reached. We haven't even put a drop in the bucket yet compared to the amount of people that are on the bars and in the streets on a Saturday night. Did you, you know how many people are there? And, and yeah, I, I get excited over 350 people. Yeah, that's awesome. But we have so many more zeros that we need to put on that number for the kingdom of God. And it's going to come through our faithfulness. And, and uh, somebody asked me, we, we, we do this at the end of every single year. Uh, we put together an annual report uh, to show uh, the percentage of where every single dollar in this church goes. And, and this, is, this is where our expenses are through the, the first 11 months of 2019. Uh, this is where all, all of your money is going. And we'll do a, a more detailed uh, description of that in our annual report. If you want to see the annual report from uh, 2018, we have it uh, in the guest relations table uh, in the lobby. You could, you could look at it. You could look at it online uh, because we want to see that we're being good stewards with every dollar that comes into Shore Christian Church, that re we're resourcing it well uh, so that we can have more stories like the ones that you heard this morning. So where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Do we have a building yet? No. That's one of the most frustrating questions people always ask me. Uh, people, like, like it's uh, uh, inevitable that, that whenever I go out with somebody and, and they know that we're in the middle of, of looking for a building, and they always say, how are we doing with the building? And my answer, are, did, you, are, did you see this building? Did, did, you, did you hear about this building? And I'm so thankful that people are out there looking. Uh, but, but sometimes it's like if, if you're ever trying to get pregnant and, and uh, uh, someone's like, hey, are you pregnant yet? Like, no. Oh, you're trying. Yeah, we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're, this, is where, this is where we are. We're, we're kind of in the place where, where Haggai uh, talked about in chapter 2, where he said, For the vision awaits for an appointed time. It speaks of an end and will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. What, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody gets excited over wait for it. Nobody amens over wait for it. This is not going to be an exciting last 15 minutes of my sermon to your standards, but it's exciting to God's standards. Wait for it. I don't want to wait for it, but you can relate to it because everybody in here is waiting for something. And you have two options because waiting can be the most frustrating experience that you will ever go through. I thought about different waiting rooms. Have you ever been in a waiting room before? I was in a waiting room not too long ago with my daughter, Lily. And uh, it was the waiting room in the doctor's office. One of the most frustrating waiting rooms that you could ever be in, especially if you're there with your child. Because what happens when you're in the waiting room with a child, if you're not careful, you could walk in there healthy and you could leave there with bronchitis. Who's got time for that? You know, <laughs> and, and because... You could get sick in your waiting room if you allow other people to contage, get influence you, and spread what they have to you. And, and so I made it out of there alive, thank God. 
And Lily does not have bronchitis. Thank you, Jesus. And then the other waiting room I thought of um, was the DMV waiting room. Anyone ever experienced? Most scholars believe that that simulates closest to what hell will literally be like. A place where you're waiting for them to call your number and it just never happens. And, and so I, I, I attended, it was the See Here Now Festival. And you didn't bring your wallets because uh, they, they actually put, you, you put your credit card on the wristband. And so I didn't bring my wallet. And uh, we went there. I got to ride bikes with Sarah. Thank you for the bike. Uh, and I had my ID with me, my driver's license. And uh, we, we, we rode our bikes there. Got to hear Dave Matthews. It was awesome. Came back. Next day, couldn't find my driver's license. Had it in my pocket. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, I went through, like, you know, all the, I, I went through the pants that I thought that I wore, and, and it wasn't in there, it wasn't anywhere, it wasn't nowhere to be found, it wasn't in the car, it wasn't at Sarah's house, I had no idea where it was, and, and I had to have my, my driver's license, we were flying to California the next week, and I had to have my driver's license, and so uh, the, the, the next day I go to the DMV to, uh, to get a new driver's license, and, and, and before you go there, you got to get what? you got to get your, your points. At your point, you got to get, you know, all, all these different IDs and, and documentation. I got all my documentation, get my number. And uh, um, I, I was literally there for about three hours in the Eatontown DMV. And I was surrounded by the most angry people I have ever met in my entire life. And three of them were part of this church. No, I'm just kidding. They were there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but this is what I did. I knew I was going to have to wait. Right, you go to the DMV, you know you're going to have to wait. So this is what I did. I, I, I brought my Bible and I brought my notebook, and, and I made this decision. I said, if I'm going to wait, I'm going to start working. So I got my Bible out. I literally, I wrote an entire sermon. God gave me the, the, the idea, the thought of having Christmas at the Paramount. I, I, I sit there, I, I did like, like, like five uh, sets of 25 push-ups while I was there. I was there for three plus hours, and I was so productive there, I left empowered. It flew by because I was so excited to be able to have some time to work on the things that I need to work on in, in preparation of what God had for me to do that next week. And everybody else, when they left the DMV, they looked like they aged about 10 years and needed blood pressure for medication. I was, I was revived. I was excited. I got my whole sermon done at the DMV, baby. And I got my driver's license and I came home and I went to pack for my trip to California. And what fell out of my khaki pants that I was looking for the whole time? My old driver's license. So God sent me to the DMV to get this message that if I'm going to have to wait, I'm going to get to work, baby. If I'm going to sit here and wait, I'm going to be productive in my waiting room. I'm not going to get sick and frustrated, but I'm going to be fruitful in my waiting room. And I hope that somebody can relate to that on this Vision Sunday, that you're waiting on a man. Work on yourself. Work on loving yourself. Work on growing yourself. You're waiting on a job. Work on your education. Work on your resume. Work on filling out those applications so that when the opportunity comes, you'll be ready for it. Whatever opportunity you're waiting for, get to work while you wait. We like to call this active rest. You ever heard of active rest before? When you go to the, a, a real gym, not like Jersey Shore Strong where you just go there and you, you walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes and Joyce, I think you accomplished something. I could say Joyce, we, we got a good relationship, I could say that. Uh, but, but they have this thing when you're really working out, 
when you're doing like all these crazy sets and you're working hard and you're sweating and you think you're going to get to sit on the bench and relax for like three minutes, they say, no, 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 no. Now it's time for active rest. Well, what is this active rest? This active rest is mountain climbers, burpees. This active rest is, is high knees. I thought I was supposed to be resting. No, you are resting, but you're resting in an active way. And people will tell you the most results that you get aren't during the workout. It's during the active rest. That's right. You guys are so smart here at the 8.30 a.m. service. And the same is true with you, that while you're waiting and you're active in your waiting, that's when the greatest transformation can take place in your life. That's where the preparation can take place so that when it does come, you're going to be prepared and ready for it. So what have we done in, in our waiting period? We're building a spiritual house. We're making room for more. This year, it was amazing to see God open up a parking garage for us so that you could park there for free on Sunday morning. It's not God's grace, incredible, his favor on this church. Well, one thing that, that we talked about last year that we needed was, was larger rooms for our kids. Do I hear an amen from a mom somewhere? No. Thank you. I got one. My wife, front row. Good job, honey. Train her well. And I, we, we, we were told, very excited about this, that uh, the House of Independence is renovating a room right next door that we're going to be able to use a more spacious room for our children's ministry so that we can make room for more kids here at Shore Christian Church in 2020. We're making room for more, not the way we thought we were going to, but God's ways are higher than our ways. And so next year, we're going to be able to have a bigger room for our kids. We're going to be able to have three services where we're going to be able to grow past 400, grow past 500 right here at the, at the House of Independence. And we're we're continuing to fund the ministry. We're continuing to, 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 to build towards the building fund and see that grow. But while we're doing that, we're going to get to work. And this is what happens. When you get to work, you just say, I'm going to keep laying bricks. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep on allowing God to grow me here in my DMV waiting room. I'm going to let God continue to use me as a witness. I'm going to let my story shine. I'm going to keep inviting people to church. I'm going to keep serving uh, in the children's ministry. I'm going to keep on uh, allowing God to use me through the Dream Center brick by brick, person by person. Here's Kevin's brick. Here's Diamond's brick. Here's Isaac's brick. Here's Joe's Responti's brick. That's a, that's a, that's a heavy brick right there. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, what's going to happen is that we're going to be able to have our building, but we're going to build it brick by brick brick, and while we're working, God's going to be providing for us. And it's going to happen before we know it, brick by brick by brick by brick. So when are we going to have our own building, Joe? Next week? Maybe. Next year? Hopefully. 2021? Sure, I'll take it. 2025? Yeah, yeah, whatever. But no matter what year it is, while I'm waiting, I'm going to be working. Because God is faithful. And God is faithful when we go brick by brick, change life after change life. So now we have an opportunity now to be able to, to, to look forward to three things. Uh, everyone in the mail, if, if you should have received uh, uh, this past week a trifold brochure um, getting us ready for the Christmas season. 
showing you the, the three areas that we're believing God to move in this church, the three areas of vision for this church. Uh, the first one is Paramount Theater. Uh, that, that, that is huge, and, and I know that so many people are already excited. We had a team there last night at the tree lighting, passing out flyers to people. We're going to be on the radio. We're going to be doing Facebook ads, uh, but, but we need you to be a part of that as well. We need you to invite your friends, invite your family. We can't do this on our own, and we know that we're going to see more bricks invested coming into the kingdom of God through that. The second thing, uh, you heard three stories uh, in that video of, of, of three young men that have been transformed through the Jersey Shore Dream Center's restoration home. And what this home does is it, it, it takes uh, men that have graduated from the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission's recovery program and gives them sober transitional housing and plants them in this church. And we have seen incredible fruit from that. We also own three vacant lots right there, right next to that house. And, and part of our vision is we want to be able to build another house right there next to it so that we could be able to bring more men into that program so that we could hear more stories just like that. And the third aspect of, of our vision is, is we want to continue to see that building fund grow because we, we know that when there's an opportunity for a, a building for us to purchase, uh, we, we actually put in an offer on a building in Asbury Park, and uh, it, it wasn't God's will, it, it wasn't received, but that's okay. God's got something better for us. And we want to stay in this city. We believe that God has called us to this city in Asbury Park. It was 12 years ago when, when Diamond and I came to this city, and it's the city that God's called us to. We could easily go and get a building in Howell. God bless Howell, but that's not where we're called. There's, there's tons of, of property there. We could go get a, a, a building in, in, in Bricktown. Bricktucky, we're not going to, God bless, you know, everyone. Yet. I know, John, I love you, you know. Uh, but but we're, we're, we're not going to do it. God has called us to this city of Asbury Park. This is the city that God has commissioned our church to reach for the glory of God. And there is such a grip on this city of godlessness. But it is going to be retaken for the kingdom of God. And our church is going to be a huge part of that. So through your prayers, through your faithfulness, you can be assured that we will always have a church, our church, right here in Asbury Park. And I, I know that there are, are so many forces that don't want a church like us here. It, because, I, I mean, if, if, you, if you want to be able to hold a city, you don't want a church like ours in that city preaching Jesus like we are on Cookman Avenue. So we need your prayers. We need your faithfulness. And, and I want you, as we close out this year, to uh, take the, the Christmas offering envelope home with you, you and your family, and pray about uh, what, what you want to give to our, our Vision 2020 campaign into these, these three buckets that we want to see accomplished this next year. And this is a team effort. Every single year we do this. You, you've been here for Vision Sunday last year, the year before. Every year this is a tradition here. And part of this tradition is we ask everybody to do something. And, and if you're here, if this is your first time here and you don't know if you're called to this church or not, uh, you know, you, you just, got, God bless you. We're, we hope that you enjoyed hearing about our church and hearing about our vision, but this really isn't for you. This is for people who are part of our church. And I want you to go home and pray about uh, what, what to give this Christmas. 
Uh, some of you, maybe you've been on the fence about, about giving uh, what you can. You wanted to see if, if there would be a big response. Well, there's been a big response now. We need to add to it. Uh, last Christmas, uh, we, we brought in uh, for this offering about $75,000. And this year, this year we're believing that, that God is going to bring $200,000 in. Nobody clap for that. What's, what's... Do, you, do you not think that's possible? That's right. All things are possible. That's right. Now we got to allow faith to bubble up in our hearts. To allow God to do the impossible through us. You will never take a loss when you invest in the kingdom of God. Brick by brick, we are going to build this church. And every one of us, we're asking you to do something. We are a church. We are a family. Some of us can do more than others. But we're all going to build this church together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can you come up as we close here? Who was it that invited you to Shore Christian Church? Who was it that impacted your life and changed it forever? For me, it was a man by the name of Pastor Matthew Barnett. Diamond, it was, it was, what, what, what was it? It was TBN. <laughs> but everybody has a story. And your invitation could be somebody else's salvation. Your faithfulness to be able to grow this church, give somebody else like a Diamond, like a Kevin, like a Linda, like a Rob, an opportunity to be able to sit in a seat, to be able to hear the gospel, the hope of Jesus, brick by brick. And as Diamond's up here, I just want you, honey, if you could just close us in prayer. And, and after we're finished praying, if, if we could just sing a, a few chords to that song, and uh, let God work in your heart right now as we, we close this service, honey. Father, we come before you right now, Lord, and we thank you, God, for what you've done in our church, God. We thank you for what you've done in our pastor, Father. I thank you for Pastor Isaac right now, Father. None of this would be without him, Lord. Thank you for his heart. Thank you for the vision for this church, Lord. Thank you, God, that when Pastor Dewey went to heaven, he was willing to say, choose me, God. I'm willing to lead this church, Lord. And, Father, I thank you, God, for the impact of the L.A. Dream Center, what it's had on our hearts and how we've seen so many lives change, God. Thank you for changing my life through an amazing church that wanted to reach the hearts of people, God. And that's what this church wants to do, Lord. We want to reach the people in this community, God. We want to bring your hope, Lord. We want to bring Jesus to hurting people, Lord. We want to bring your name to the broken people, God. And, Lord, what an amazing opportunity that we get to be a part of this, Lord, that we want to be a part of this, Lord. We want to build this church. I encourage everybody here, it's not that you get to be. You want to be a part of what God is doing. You want to be a part of the kingdom of God and the impact that he's making through this church. So, Father, I thank you right now for all that you're doing in our hearts, Lord. 
I pray, God, that you speak to each person individually, God, on what they should do. In Jesus' name, as they seek you, God. And we know that great things are going to happen in this next year, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.